millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello. Hi. Everyone, we're back. We are starting, starting a cult, right? Oh, we're yeah. doing that. Oh, what are we doing? We're back with Roswell again. Are Here we are. So you didn't know that uh, a crash like this would be that crazy, did you? Did you? It gets crazier. <laughs> we're going to talk about some shit today that's just going to blow your mind. Yeah, that's kind of frightening. It truly will. So... I do, uh, I want to say one thing before we jump right in here. If you think that Roswell is crazy, or anything that we talk about on this show is crazy, you're really, you're really going to love this. Nook's underwear, that is, it's what you need. Them okay? shits is nuts, yes. I don't know if you guys, I don't know if you guys are boxer guys, boxer brief guys out there, but here's the thing. I'm a boxer brief guy. We cover a lot of different uh, topics here. And whenever we do that, you got to be comfortable while you're looking into it. Because it's a crazy ride. So well, you have to wear Nook's underwear. Okay? They're they're crazy soft. You don't even understand how soft it's these are Three times be. more than cotton, man. Three times as soft as cotton. That's just ridiculous. Uh, they're breathable, which is super important in uh, underwear, I would say. Yeah. You need to be able to breathe down there. You got to have some relaxation. Yeah, you need to let the boys breathe. Uh, they're made from beechwood trees, so you know that's awesome. They're coming beechwood. from the earth. They're not made uh, by these uh, giant underwear conglomerates. They're uh, they're doing it on their own. They're getting their own materials from the planet. They're earth-made undies. Yes, and that's also good for the environment because then they can just reuse things. You know, they're using trees, just reuse. It's perfect. They're delightful uh, pairs of underwear. Um, they honestly, they look badass. I'm not going to lie to you. No, they're they do actually, look really nice. They, they look and fit. They and make feel. you feel like a like a '77 convertible. Yeah, you they know? do. You're a Dodge Swinger. Yeah, <laughs> you're a Dodge Swinger. You're sleek, fast. You're going to go. Everything's going to go crazy. If you don't believe any of this, believe the company, okay? Because Nooks, they're all about belief, and uh, you could buy any product you want on there. You get uh, free shipping with the order of two pairs of underwear, uh, just so you know that. You know, if you live in the United States. Just in case. That's three pairs if you live outside the United States. And uh, let's say you don't like them, right? You buy them. 
I don't like them. This product isn't for me, maybe, you say. They give you a 30-day money-back guarantee if you do not like the underwear. Is that... It doesn't get any on. better than that. It doesn't get any better it or really crazier. Doesn't. That is just how amazing this is. Yeah. So uh, we want you to head over to Nooks, getnooks.com. That's their website. Uh, we'll post it in the show notes, too, as well, so you'll be able to get there. And, uh, you know, shop around, get your underwear, your men's underwear, and... Uh, Let's say you find something you like and you're going to buy it. You're going to want to punch in the promo code CULT, C-U-L-T. C-U-L-T, you'll get, uh, how, what's the percentage off there? You're going to get 15%, 15% off. 15% off, that's ridiculous. Your entire order. Hilarious so, even. Take all of this into account. And uh, when you're looking for underwear, let's say you had to give a gift to that special guy out there. Need some underwear. Or you just want some comfortable underwear. Go to getnooks.com and use the promo code CULT. And uh, you'll be getting the best underwear around. Nooks feel like a sports car. It's true. But anyway. Uh, Roswell. Roswell. It's crazy, right? right? We're going to be talking about that more. We do. Yeah. So, you know, we talked a lot last time, I would say, about uh, the actual event itself and how that unfolded with uh, the people involved and kind of what they believed. Coming over, yeah, the story that is generally believed if you just look it up on Wikipedia. It's just like, well... This is what happened. It's, it, yeah, was, it was a balloon. Here it is. But here we're going to be getting into some crazier stuff. Yeah, we're going to have some that fun. That we with think the, is the actual thing. The actual, uh, I guess you'd call it the dark side of Roswell. Yeah, it's the, the stuff. Tr- oh, you mean the truth? Oh, it's true. Grant. The truth is always the dark side. Don't it's, you know? It's true. But uh, so you got to do this, right? You got to think this way. Just clear your mind. Everything they told you was a lie. This is exactly what happened. You're being reprogrammed. came down. No, he didn't Wait do a minute. that. But uh, I don't know. I guess before we jump in. That's Grant, and I'm just... Oh, yeah. Did we not say that? <laughs> yeah. Shit. And uh, Mitch is here. Hey, he also. is. He's here. You can say something if you want. Hi. Yeah. Wow. So Mitch is going to be here, um, too. Yeah. I believe we actually discussed some of our beliefs the last episode. But before we cover Yeah, but we can we can get into hard facts now. Yeah, I just want to say one more time, not a weather balloon. This is an alien space. Not a not a balloon at all. It's truly not a missile, not a plane. And I'm we're gonna find ways to prove this to you tonight. Are you ready? It's all going down. Alright. Why don't you get us started here, Jake? Ugh. Where to even begin? There's so many things. Like it, it'll be a lot of it'll be in reference to the last episode. Oh yeah. Keeping some of the same characters in mind. Uh, there's just like a couple lists of uh, facts here going on. So in 1979, the uh, then-retired Lieutenant Colonel Jesse Marcel, remember him? He was the guy that got uh, got called at the airbase about oh, the whole wreckage being discovered. I remember that guy. So in 1979, uh, Lieutenant retired Lieutenant Colonel Jesse Marcel uh, gave a videotape interview. He was the intelligence officer of the 509th Bomb Group at Roswell at the time, in 1947. Uh-huh. Yeah. And regarding the crash, he states in this interview, uh, it was not a weather balloon, nor was it an airplane or a missile. Right? These are things coming from this man's mouth. He's speaking the truth. He's speaking the word of Yahweh. He's speaking it hard. Yes. Of the debris itself, he stated, uh, it would not burn. That stuff weighs nothing. It's so thin it isn't any thinner yeah, it isn't any thicker than uh tin foil on a pack of cigarettes. 
right? So this stuff is very thin. Now that's thin. That is crispy thin. That is not thick in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. So we said, uh, so I tried to bend the stuff. It wouldn't bend. We, uh, we even tried making a dent in it with a 16-pound sledgehammer, and it was still no dent in it. That's and, fucked up. Yeah, I know, right? What's the shit Wolverine's uh, bones are made out of? Is that obsidian? I don't know. Uh, I don't know. So I is wish it a, David is it was a here. Fake he would thing? know. Is it a real element or a fake one? I'm pissed. I know. I'm looking this up right now because I know. There's a certain group of people, like a mar- like a like a group of the population uh, that's just freaking out about what we're doing. Yeah, right exactly. That we don't oh, this. It's something anium. I know that right now before I even type. All right, here we go. Wolverine bones. <laughs> what am I going to find? Exactly what I thought I was going to find. Adamantium. Adamantium. That's what it is. I fucking knew that, too. I'm kind of embarrassed. There we go. Maybe some adamantium. It maybe, had to be. Maybe Wolverine exploded. Uh, right. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, he said that uh, the craft was, quote, not of this earth. Right? And uh, here, let's uh, some other stuff going on here. The late General Thomas uh, DuBose, before his death in 1992, stated that during his time as the chief of staff of the 8th Air Force headquarters in Fort Worth, Texas, in 1947, he received a call from General uh, Clements McMullen at the uh, Andrews Army Airfield in Washington, D.C., instructing him to concoct a cover story and to get the press off their backs at the time. Yes, and uh, it was sent to the, the Air Force Base in Roswell there. And they did it. They replaced it with a freaking balloon, right? That's interesting. Didn't they? Yeah. I mean, I guess that makes sense. Like, let's say that kind of, I guess I would chalk that up to support my theory of a UFO. Yeah. Because uh, if something's there and they're putting a balloon there, and it's not a balloon, they're no. fucking lying to you. Yeah. And uh, it's a lot, know, of, uh, a lot of uh, metals. It a is. Lot of seemingly weird. indestructible metals. And I don't know. It's. It seems to me, I guess it's hard to judge this person's character because it's not like uh, in an interview but it seems like kind of weird like that you would just make that up yeah for no reason you know it's like Especially, what do you have to gain yeah exactly like i don't think he gained anything from saying that's what he saw there no 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 i wouldn't say that was just my little interruption no you're good I'm i good. mean that's pretty much the end of that uh, uh little fact of the story oh. that i have but uh the this next thing it's gonna knock your socks off, all right? It's gonna it's gonna solidify your theory. All right, maybe. Do Who it. Knows? Lay it on me. <clears throat> so, a uh, respected businessman and resident of Roswell, New Mexico, Mister Glenn Dennis. Glendena. Glenn Dennis. He had a very uh, compelling testimony regarding the crash in 1947. So, at the time, he was a young mortician working for uh, Ballard Funeral Home. Uh, which had a contract to provide mortuary and ambulance services to Roswell Army Airfield, right? Okay. So, like, they're directly in contact with anything supposedly just dead coming in and out of there? Yeah. Right? So, uh, before hearing about the crash, uh, Mr. Glenn Dennis, he receives a uh, several phone calls, actually, from the mortuary officer at Roswell inquiring about um, small hermetically sealed caskets as well as how to preserve bodies that have been uh, exposed to the elements for several days. He's like, can I look inside the box? 
No. Like, no, you need to give me the box. But yeah, dude, May good. I see it? <laughs> no. no. <laughs> steamed hams. All right, but... Uh, oh, steamed hams. Let's see. Yeah. This will steam your ham This will right steam your ham, man. All right, so yeah, they got several phone calls asking about uh, small hermetically sealed caskets and uh, how to preserve bodies that have been out in the elements for several days. Uh, so anyway, these weird calls he got, and he was like, what the fuck? And later on, uh, that same day, not for any reason regarding like the calls or anything, but he went into the, uh, the office right there, the, uh, the hospital, right, on the base. And upon arriving, he noticed two military ambulances parked out front of the back entrance uh, with large pieces of wreckage hanging out of their open rear doors. Pieces of wreckage, dude. And these wreckage pieces had like a bunch of symbols on them. Like Ooh. Alien symbols. That's intriguing. I yeah. like that. And they're just left hanging out the backs of these ambulances. You think, I mean, let's face it. If it's true that you actually have a, a crashed UFO in the back of your ambulance, wouldn't you at least have the decency to throw a tarp over it or something? Man, they couldn't bend it to make it fit inside. Oh, that's it was true, yeah. too it's long like, of a piece. Like this shit's people, indestructible. It's like when people have, like, fucking washing machines in their car and just, like, hanging out the back. You're just like, I don't want to get behind this guy. This guy's got a fucking UFO elongated hanging out the back. It's like, maybe I'll just wait to turn left. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. I, th- I always thought that was, a, like, a strictly Midwest thing. But that, now I'm hearing these New Mexico people doing that, you know. Yeah, it's, it happens everywhere. If you can't it's everywhere. fit. Everywhere people don't know how to secure things in the backs of their trucks. If the glove don't fit, you must have quit. That's that's what I've heard. And that's why the Kardashians are around, yeah. You're damn right. But, uh, yeah. So <laughs> so he went to the hospital on the base, right? And uh, he saw this wreckage outside. He was fucking like, what? And then, uh, once inside, he saw a young nurse who he actually he knew from previous in life when they got to know each other i guess oh yeah uh, yeah so at the same time uh so he saw her and at the same time a military policeman physically threatened him and forced him to leave right hey bad man go he's just like get out of here right and uh so the next day dennis met with the nurse who uh told him that she was at the hospital that day uh assisting two doctors with the autopsies of several non-human bodies Wow, what a Freudian slip. Like, that is fucking insane. I'm going to dissect some non-human bodies. I mean, I'm going to do my job tonight. Yeah, totally. It's like, is what that fucking we... nuts, dude? <laughs> when did you hear this? And as she recounted the experience, like, she was, uh, like, noticeably in shock, right? She was a very religious woman. She was just, like, super scared, I guess. Uh, yeah, she described the terrible smell and that one was completely intact and that there were others that were completely just mangled. But after this conversation, the next day she was transferred to England. Makes sense. Isn't that She's seen too much suspicious. and she can't keep her fucking mouth shut, so they got to get rid of her. Fishy. Honestly, it's, it's lucky for her that they only sent her to England and not death. Not just, like, Siberia or something? Yeah, because I feel like they could have done a lot worse. Like, they're like... I can't believe you just said this out. Even if even if that isn't what happened at all, just like that conversation, they're like, we have to, we could probably fire you for this, right? Like, all you fucking, you went up to someone, you're like, I dissected a non-human, and they smelled like shit. And, uh, <laughs> all right, we're going to give you a free trip to Europe. Yeah, it's like, no, <laughs> they're like, like, all right. You're fired. 
that kind of brings a point, uh, you know, on my side of the thing. Let's say this was all fake, right? If she was actually saying it, they probably would have just fired her. Because it had been like, you're like slandering the company. This is false. But maybe she, well, they, maybe they didn't know about the conversation that they had. They were just trying to get her out of there as quickly as possible. And in the meantime, she was like, going to slip out and get a coffee with this guy. And then she uh, told him. Well, that could be true, too. Government don't know. That could very easily be true. Who knows? Um, I sure don't. So I have a quote here, and uh, it kind of goes uh, it goes definitely along with what uh, my side of the story here is. Yeah. I don't know how to say this man's name. It's literally how you spell it is P-F-Lock. P-F-L-O-C-K. Flock. Flock. Something like it's that. Like you're, it's like you're like spitting... Like sunflower seeds, like fuck, pretty much. You know, um, just like their little. But this quote is upper ver- lip. This action. quote is wonderful. Quote: The case for Roswell is a classic example of the triumph of quantity over quality. The advocates of the crash saucer tale simply shovel everything that seems to support their view into the box marked evidence and say, "See, look at this stuff. We must be right. Never mind the contradictions." End quote. Right? Yeah. So, inadvertently, this works on both sides of the story. <laughs> this quote, it works on both. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but you, I don't know, it's funny that he's, at least to me when I'm reading it, I'm seeing it as he's saying this about people that believe it's a UFO. That's what I'm gathering from Probably, this quote. yeah, it seems. But what's funny to me is that he pretty much described the exact... Uh, itinerary of the people that cleaned up the mess. He's like, you just shovel everything into one box and you say, here's the evidence. It's like, but that's exactly the case we're making against your side. <laughs> so, I don't know, I just... That, it's, it's a very lukewarm, <laughs> middle-of-the-road sort of thing. Yeah, I don't like it. Um, honestly, this started to kind of become a big thing again in the 70s and then again in the 90s. Yeah. And, um... I do have one cool little thing here. They uh, they actually created a method of, uh, like, I guess you'd call it conspiracy in this sense, uh, the Roswellian Syndrome. Really? And what that is, is uh, it's identified as a myth-making process. Now, this is these are from, uh, you know, what do you call it? People. This is made by human beings. What are you going to say, Mitch? You looked like you were going to say something. I was going to say, what, the skeptics came up with this term? I mean, yes, they did. But it actually provided us with a pretty good method of assessing any case in the here or the future. Yeah. And uh, that would start with the incident. So you would analyze the incident and how it occurred. Um, then you would slowly move into debunking. Everybody knows what that word means, right? Yeah. Debunking. <clears throat> Then, submergence. So this would be like after uh, the news stories ended and they said it was a weather balloon and all that nonsense. You yeah, know? all the uh, lies. This is like the rumor and speculation that continues on after the fact. Then uh, the fourth step of this process is mythologizing. Mythologize. So that would be, you know, after everything has kind of been cemented, kind of where it is now, like a... It be, it remains like a myth, you know. People don't yeah. want to believe it, and then um, the final thing is where you would be able to classify or not classify something, 
with uh, the bandwagon effect. Okay? And for those of just a simple explanation of that would be enough people believe in it, so people are just like, it has to be true. All these people can't be right. I mean, right. wrong. wrong. So they're going to try. Honestly, it's funny. When you look into Roswell, more so than any other articles, I would say, or uh, other incidents, they really kind of hide the conspiracy side of Roswell. Yeah. They really try to, like, any, like, major source, anything that would be uh, able to be cited in any academic setting, does not really go into the conspiracy. They all shy away from it. No, yeah. Which I find strange, you know? Because, to me, it's, yeah, it's like the less, I don't know, there's two extremes. It's like Bigfoot. When it becomes oversaturated, it seems so crazy that it just could never exist. Mm -hmm. And then when it becomes so, like, just hidden, you can't find any other opposing information. And there's no middle ground for these things, you know? Yeah. No, you're right. So, what we have here is a common case of a cover-up. Okay? We've got ourselves a cover-up, boys. But, it must be stated, the CIA and the FBI both have case reports and files of Roswell. Just so that's known. Just it's out there. Yeah. Just in general, that uh, this is something that I often bring up when it comes to conspiracies. Um, just because uh, you know we say these things, you might not believe them, but when you say them enough, the government starts to believe them, even in the slightest fashion, and they will look into it because they're like, "Well, this is becoming something we have to search. We have to understand." It's in the ether. It's spreading. And yeah. uh, to me, that always kind of shows signs of like. Dude, even they don't know what it is. You know, it's like that is it is interesting. Yeah. They're but trying they want to find it, they out. need to be the first to know. You know, yeah, they're I mean, obviously dude, the top. Pretty much every character in the entire Roswell both episodes so far that we've mentioned were like physically threatened by like military policemen. No, exactly. Into into never speaking of it. Exactly. The fucking sheriff, dude. Sheriff, uh, yeah, sheriff. He he, like in front of his family, got threatened that. All of them would die if he ever said anything about the Roswell crash. In front yeah. of his family, man. It's I, brutal. Yeah. Brutal. Everyone is just bullied into not uh, not saying anything. I do have a parallel story, and this is called The Other Roswell, just so you guys know. This one happened in Aztec, New Mexico in 1948, okay? Ooh, just one year later. Okay, this happened in 1948. Are you guys ready for the story? Yeah. In March of 1948, an unidentified aerial craft containing 16 humanoid bodies was recovered by the military in New Mexico after they made a controlled landing in Hart Canyon, 12 miles northeast of the city of Aztec. Uh, they speculate that this craft, uh, because this was what uh, eyewitness reports said, that the craft was about 99 feet in diameter, or 30 meters in diameter, uh, the largest UFO on record to date. Yeah, Jesus time. Christ. Uh, pretty much, Scully, the guy who wrote about this, uh, named as his sources two men identified as Newton and Goober. <laughs> um, pretty much, they yeah. saw what happened, yeah. and uh, they were saying that people uh, in military outfits came and observed the wreckage. Uh, it was also wrote... That uh, this information gets a little crazier. 
that the crash UFO, along with uh, other flying saucers captured by the government, came uh, from Venus. And <laughs> <laughs> they worked. They how, what, how did they know? They have a Venus license plate. What is this? They work on uh, magnetic principles. Okay. Um, and he also said uh, that it was stocked with uh, food wafers and heavy water for drinking purposes. Nice. And uh, every single dimension of the craft was divisible by nine. <laughs> <laughs> I love, that's that that's a fun little math fact for you. Uh, some guy saw this story and was like, uh, he called it wild imaginings and scientific howling. Wow. Um, what is that, Mark Twain? So Jesus. clearly a lot of people say that uh, this uh, is a hoax, right? Yeah. Um, so during the 40s and uh, even in the early 50s, uh, they these two guys that saw it, they traveled through Aztec, and uh, they were selling devices known in the oil business as doodlebugs. Okay, doodlebugs. What's the funny names in this story? They claimed that these devices can find oil, gas, and gold, and that they could do so because they were based upon alien technology that was found in a crashed spacecraft not far away. That's fucking ridiculous. Um, yeah, so people, they came out and said this was a hoax. We're gonna, I'm going to track this one up to a hoax, right? Um, uh, making good use of capitalism. So know. just another thing that this connects to um, this was actually mentioned in a memo by the FBI that was found online, and it was known as the Hotel Memo. And uh, it was addressed to J. Edgar Hoover and indexed in the FBI records. Just so you know. Jesus. Uh, interesting enough, that connects to everything we were just talking about. It really does. Uh, after this was posted online, it received uh, over a million views within two years. Uh, yeah, two years. A million people saw was, this document. pretty slow traffic there. Uh, in 2013, uh, the FBI actually issued a press release on uh, this memo. And uh, in addressing the context and all the possible connections, the Bureau wrote, quote, Finally, the hotel memo does not prove the existence of UFOs. It is simply... a a second or third-hand claim that we investigated. Some people believe the memo repeats a hoax that was circulating at that time. End quote. So they're covering their own mm, tracks after yeah, a million yeah. people see it. Yeah, sure. I don't believe that at all. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Lots of tracks to be covered. You know? Like, they did that, and then they were just like, uh, yeah, we couldn't tell you about it. What was it, like, 1990? It was in the 90s. Where they like released that uh, statement, like, yeah, we couldn't tell you about it because it was like listening for Soviet bombs, but uh, we can tell you what it really is now, and that was, you know, a detector for that. It's like, yeah. all right, so you tampered with it, and you lied about it, and now we're supposed to believe you. I don't know about that. I don't know. So what this all kind of uh, culminates into here for me is uh, we're going to jump into a little something called the the Majestic Twelve. How about that? You it guys sounds ready? like a great movie franchise. Clutch sings about the Majestic 12. What song? Animal Farm. That's what that's about. All right. Cool. Well, they they mention it. They Clutch, say it. Clutch, great band. Um, they do say it. So the Majestic 12, or MJ-12, as they are sometimes referred to, uh, is a organization among UFO conspiracy theorists. Um, and this is the code name 
for an alleged secret committee of scientists, military leaders, and government officials formed in 1947 by an executive order from President Truman. Um, and their job was to recover and investigate uh, alien spacecraft that had been crashed or found anywhere in the country. It sounds about right. That will be the right year to do it. Um, so this did not actually come out until 1984, all this information about Ooh, the MJ-12. George Orwell. Um, uh, the FBI says that, uh, this is their direct quote, that they say all these documents are, quote, completely bogus, end quote. All of them? Yeah. All of them are completely bogus? Yeah, so that's what happens. Um, So this all kind of ties back to Roswell because when the Roswell conspiracy theory started flaring up again in the 80s, um, people had actually kind of been led in this direction um, when these documents were released. And what happens here, uh, in 1984, a... A UFOologist or ufologist, ufologist, uh, Jamie Shandera received an envelope containing a film, which, after it was developed, showed images of eight pages of documents that appeared to be briefing papers describing Operation Majestic Twelve. Uh, these documents revealed a secret committee of twelve individuals that were authorized by Harry, Tr- Harry Truman through 1952. And uh, it explains how the crash of an alien spacecraft at Roswell in July of seven, uh, 47 had actually been covered up, recovered, and had pictures taken of it. And oh, really? that document was signed by Harry S. Truman. So that, you know, circulates a little bit. Uh, so Shandera and the ufologist colleagues Stanton Friedman and Bill Moore... Oh. Stanton Friedman is a big name. Um, They say that they actually later received a series of anonymous emails that led them to find out what was being called the Cutler Twinning Memo. Cutler Twinning? Cutler Twinning. And um, this was, it was just a note that was written by President Eisenhower's assistant, Robert Cutler, to General Nathan F. Twinning. And it contained another reference to Majestic Twelve. Really? So this comes later. This is this is they find this information out later. Um, and they also say that this one is forged. They say the the signature is forged. So how about uh, that? Hmm. I don't know about that. Mm-hmm. What, that's the. Huh. So all of this, the MJ Twelve. Roswell, the second Roswell, they all have government documents about them. In a way, maybe, you know, they're poking fun at something. There's but a file on them, you know. Pretty much. Um, I don't know, I find that very uh, intriguing. And then I do have a couple of uh, deathbed confessions here. Cool. Um, just different people. Uh, Donald Schmidt and Tom Carey, uh, they published a book in 2007. Uh, titled Witness to Roswell. And uh, it features a document that was said to be a sworn affidavit written by Walter Hout, uh, who had written the first Army press release about the crash in 1947. Uh, It was kept in their possession, uh, sealed until his death in 2005. And uh, it pretty much describes what he saw and that he had actually seen uh, extraterrestrial bodies or corpses. 
Then and, they had uh, to be rushed to the hospital to be operated on, right? Yeah. Uh, people try to kind of take all this away by claiming that uh, Walter Howitt's uh, mental state had deteriorated by 2000. Probably because he fucking had to deal with the sight of a UFO crashing and like otherworldly beings dying on the ground and never talk about it to anybody his entire fucking life. Yeah. I think that might do it. So It might make you crazy. That's weird. Um, in 1995, film footage uh, purporting to show an alien autopsy that was supposedly uh, claimed to have been videotaped by a U.S. military official uh, was released uh, by a guy named Ray Santilli, uh, a London-based video entrepreneur. Um, and this was an instant sensation and kind of went through the airwaves all over the television. Yeah. When was this? Um, this was in 1995 when it circulated. Yeah, I was going to say I remember that, but I must not uh, remember that. Um, so in 2006, Santilli admitted that the film was mostly a reconstruction. But this is where I find it interesting. But he did not claim that it was all fake, and he actually said that it was based on genuine footage that he and a crew had at the time and that some of the original frames from that footage still exist. Okay, so none of them are on the actual video, though. But So this is like weird evidence. It's like, all right, yeah, this isn't what we're saying it is, but it is based on something completely real and just like it, but you can't see that. Mm-hmm. It's a very strange way to bring up evidence. But um, you know what? I, I like it. I like it. I said I might remember it. I feel like I've seen parts of that footage before. Have you? I think I have, yeah. yeah I'm pretty right? sure that's like, the cream cheese monster. The cream cheese monster? Um, for any of you that don't know, that is, that's just a joke we have. I, uh, Mitch is on it. He's getting me the picture, and it will be up on the Instagram and the Twitter. Uh, the cream cheese monster is exactly what you think it is, but it's not at all. You'll um, be pleasantly surprised whether you expect it or not. So I do have a couple interesting things here. Uh, on October 26, 2007, Bill Richardson who was actually running for president uh, in the Democratic Party during that time. Cool. He was asked about releasing government files on Roswell, and he responded that uh, when he was a congressman, he attempted to get information on behalf of his New Mexico constituents, but was told by both the Department of the Defense and Los Alamos Labs that that information was classified and not to be released. Uh, and he says, quote, the government doesn't tell the truth as much as it should on a lot of issues. Well, it doesn't take a fucking genius to know that, but... Uh, in October of 2002, before airing its Roswell documentary, the Sci-Fi Channel hosted a Washington UFO news conference. Really? John Podesta, who's a whole other bag of worms... It's a large one. Uh, he was President Clinton's chief of staff at the time. And uh, he appeared as a member of the public relations firm hired by Sci-Fi to help get the government to open up documents on uh, the UFO subject. Yeah, to classify them. Why not? And uh, John Podesta said, quote, It is time for the government to declassify records that are more than 25 years old and provide scientists with data that will assist them in determining the true nature of the phenomena. I'm behind it, 100%. And then Barack Obama took a lot more sly approach in 2015 with an interview. Uh, he was sly about everything. At GQ he just had magazine. that aura about him. He said, quote, I got to tell you, it's a little disappointing. People always ask me about Roswell and the aliens and UFOs. 
and it turns out the stuff going on that's top secret isn't nearly as exciting as you expect. In this day and age, it's not as top secret as you'd think, end quote. Wow. So that's coming that's from the B-Man himself. Hey, that's awesome. That's coming from Mr. Obama. But, uh, yeah, so we have people that are truly, honestly, being discredited, whether they're real or not real. Yeah. Being discredited for believing in perpetuating this story of aliens and a crashed UFO. Why is it so crazy to people I to really, like believe that kind of thing? I don't know? understand what it is. I mean, I can kind of understand if you're coming at it with a skeptical lens and you're like, you know, I don't think this is what happened. But I don't understand people that can instantly just be like, of course it didn't happen. Yeah, it's like a weird place to jump to, am I right? Like, It's like if you've gotten through the episodes that we've done already... You know that, and the, you're listening again. Yeah, it's like, like you know, <laughs> like you know, you know, the government isn't gonna tell you the truth. That's just the way it goes. Yeah, governments. Yeah, and it makes sense because if we knew every truth that they had their hands on, we could never trust them again. So it's like it. You know what I mean? You Whole can't world tell fall apart. Uh, businesses would stop being owned by the same six kittens, and uh, everything yeah. would change. The world would crumble as we know it. Yeah. So you can't. You can't trust them. Not saying that they're always out to get you, but I'm saying that they're definitely in it for their best interest, which is not necessarily your best interest. It is. At every point in time. Yeah. Yeah. It changes very quickly. The tides, all that stuff. But so, as you can see from all the information we've thrown at your eyes today, yeah. it is widely accepted that this is a conspiracy. You know that anyone that believes it, they're like you're crazy. We have facts to prove this is not. This is definitely a weather balloon, and uh, it's not a UFO at all. You're insane. But then I raise this question to you: Do you believe that, Jake? Do you believe that at all? Do I believe that it uh, was a weather balloon? Yes. No. 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 You don't think so? I don't think so. I think it was a UFO. I think it was an UFO. Um, there you go. Mostly because... Consensus. This is why we started this. We agree on these things, right? The I don't know. To me, when you look at things like the Majestic 12, whether those exist or not in that form with a name and a formal you know, uniform, they definitely <laughs> I need exist. my Majestic 12 robe. Those, those like, I guess you would call them... Uh, like, I don't even fucking know the term that you would call these people. But these little organizations, they exist within the government. <laughs> kind of, but you're not allowed to join, so it's yeah, like a really well, shitty cult. Yeah, unlike ours, anyone can join our cult. Yeah, honestly, you can. But uh, Tell your friends. It's important that you got to keep, keep face. You know, you can't let people know that we don't know what's happening. Save face, okay? But um, I don't know. To me, it's it's just sketchy that all these people that say what they saw... They're so quickly discredited. But then my question is, so like William Howitt, that guy, they tried to discredit him, but it's like he was in the military. So if he's really that, you know, untrustworthy, how did he get through your screening process and get the job? Yeah, that the government's just dashing these people's like legitimacy away. Yeah, it's like, no, that guy's that guy's insane. Like you can't listen to him. Lies to a kitten. It's terrible. Um, yeah. I think Roswell goes a little bit deeper. I definitely, to me, personally... It always goes deeper. I personally believe there's a connection. Yeah. You look at 
uh, Phil Schneider, Dolce, New Mexico. That's where he was hanging out. Yeah, and that guy's fucking New Mexico, Roswell, New Mexico. Um, It seems like around that time it would be the potential hotbed for things to start churning up, you know? Yeah, got to yeah stir the pot. And it's going to happen. I mean, let's face it, if this is true, things are going to crash. But then on the positive side of that, no one's going to find these crashes because... 900% of them are probably going to land in the ocean. It will never be seen again. That's very, yeah. Yeah, I mean, there is a lot more water. A lot more water. land. So, I don't know. Mitch, I want to know. Yeah, Mitch, you're, we're on the fucking couch. What are you doing? We want your opinion. After we've presented all this to you, where do you stand? What do you think unfolded on that day? Were you just on your phone? Were you listening? Yeah, no, I was. All right, thank you. Well, I don't think it's a weather balloon, even though I do... I do try to be as objective as possible, and it does sound crazy, you know, the whole incident. And you, you know, you know, you want to think that it's, you know, it's nothing crazy, but it probably is something crazy. It's probably UFOs from everything that you guys have talked about, especially that when you pointed out the Mar, what's his name, Marcella or Mar, what's yeah, his name, Marcel. Yeah, Marcel. Marcellus Wallace. Just from his account. From all the documents that have been found that Grant mentioned, it seems like there's a lot more than just, you know, you know, just a weather balloon. And why would people have tried to be covering it up? You're right. There's a lot more than a weather balloon because it was actually two weather balloons. That's what Majestic 12 doesn't want you yeah. to know. If there's two options, uh, one of them's crazy, you just go with that. Yeah. Because would, usually that's what ha- life is chaos. I got to say, Mitchell just pulled up a picture of an alien shaking hands with Hitler. I think we talked about that last week, didn't we? And it's like, it's so good. <laughs> oh, God. It's funny because that uh, is just, That'll go up there, too, on, on the, the, the medias. Aliens and Hitler go hand in hand because Nazis, you know, supposedly had UFO technology. That's a whole other That's bag. a whole other episode's worth of things. But, uh, yeah, so I guess what I want to do here. I want to extend a couple questions larger than Roswell itself about aliens. This is a topic, honestly, to me, this is a topic probably the most near and dear to my heart, aliens. And it's something that it's hard to convey this information at all, realistically, without sounding like a jackass. Because you just say one word, and you're like, so what do you think about Aliens, and if they don't believe in it, they completely turn themselves off. Yeah, after we wouldn't that. have made what is this forty six, forty seven episodes? I think it's forty six. We wouldn't be this far without just being a jackass. Yeah, about so some things we got to do it. You I'm going to be that some, jackass. You know, for you got to do it, and I'm going to pose a couple of questions out loud. These aliens, right? This crash, I believe it happened, as I've stated. Yeah. Now I want to just theorize here. What type of alien do we think it would be? I'm going to obviously go with the simple answer, the gray, the grays. The small grays. Because they seem, out of all the races of aliens, they seem the most likely to fuck up like that. Yeah, and they're the ones that are like the subservient ones. So even if it is like a, a crash test or like a flight test of like a, a craft, you're going to just send these like little subservient robot-like Little boys to do it. Yeah, no, exactly. If it doesn't work, it's like we got more of them. Um, I definitely believe that. Yeah. Um, this is something we were talking about this a little bit before uh, the show started. Uh, recently, actually, I mean, as as soon as like November of 2019, even to now, 
uh, a lot of stuff is coming out about the Air Force and the Navy, uh, like openly discussing UFOs and yeah. trying to get that to be a real thing. Because yeah, people kept like people in the Navy kept seeing it so often and like reporting it and nothing happening. They're they're starting to get pissed. Like everyone is fucking seeing this shit, and they're like, "Well, yeah, we gotta tell somebody. Everyone needs to know." Exactly. It happens so often. So to me, I'll I'll tell you this. This is my progression of that. I was very 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 intrigued by that. Just kind of sitting on it, and then I was posed with a theory from my brother. I'll give him credit on this because this was good. No, this was actually crazy when you told me. And his whole point was like. Wouldn't it just make perfect sense that they're doing that? And I was like, well, what do you mean? And he was like, think about it like this. They're talking about and they're trying to actually start a space force. So he's like, what better way to get people interested in space and these things than having the actual like Navy and the Air Force talk about how openly they're seeing these things? It's like the space race, you know? It's like it's how, perfect. It's literally perfect. It's like the space race and then, like, the televisation of the Apollo moon landings that sparked, like, an enormous um, interest in space and space exploration. And, I mean, I know people personally that were so, like, touched by that that they've actually, like, gone into the field of science, you know? Yeah. So, to me... It kind of makes sense. It's like a it's a ploy. They're going to use, you know, popular media. They're going to put it on your Snapchat ads and, you know, on the news and tell you that the Navy is seeing UFOs. But maybe it's just to get you as an individual interested. And then when they open up the Space Force, you're like, of course I'm going to sign up. I want to see some UFOs. Raise some sci-fi eyebrows, you know. Or not even as crazy as that. Maybe they're trying to uh, even at Niage the right people into uh, the the system, you know, get yeah. people like us. So, like, oh, you like UFOs? Well, join the Navy. You'll see them. Fight em. for them. You'll see them all the time because we get them every fucking day, kid. So that's just something that I'm thinking of. Uh, 20 hours out of the day? 20 hours out of the day, yeah. A lot of the time I'm thinking about yeah, that. Your dreams must be fun. But, um... But um, yeah. So that was Roswell. That's that our was series. Roswell, yeah. End of the two-part series. It's not. A, I'll tell you this. Uh, to the outside person, you know, looking into Roswell, they might think like, "Oh, it's so big, it's so popular. Like, you know, everyone knows about this. It's got to have some meat to it. It's like it's really kind of a bare bones. It's pretty cut story. and dry. There's just like two sides to the entire pretty sparse like thing. There is a facts about it. Yeah, and, it's, uh, it's not like other stories where there's, like, in-depth, like, analyses yeah. You either know, like, a certain line of facts or you know the facts of, like, an alternate way that someone's gone about it, but it's really just two two roads. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah, that's it for me. We'll be back uh, next week. We're going to have our research week. Yeah. It is our research week, so we're going to take it a little bit easy, take it sleazy, do a little... Uh, we'll figure something out to do. It'll be fun. A nice, fun episode. We've been and watching then, some bad movies lately. Maybe something like that. Oh, that's true. Who knows? Um, uh, I'll tell you this. Our next series we're going to dive into, we're going to make a drastic switch from Aliens in the Government, and we're going to focus on an individual person. From the Midwest. Jeffrey Dahmer. Yeah. The chocolate guy, the king of chocolate. Um, the chocolatier who I want to say this. People. Jeffrey Dahmer... I mean, crazy guy, you know. I don't know. 
It's well, going to be fun. It's going to be fun. Much to talk about, right? Um, <laughs> but yes, yeah, so with all that being said, let me let me let me fill your ears with some knowledge, okay? What's this? Follow us on Instagram, on Twitter, Facebook. Send us an email at startacult@gmail.com. Uh, go to our Patreon, which will be posted uh, in the show notes. Along with a link to the uh, underwear. Yes, exactly. It'll be posted in there. Uh, if you join the Patreon, we, you get some extra surprises. And uh, as we've stated before, we do have uh, samples of our hot sauce. We will... Uh, These are early give samples, the, give people. The savings back to you. This is... We're in the test trials here, and, you know, we're a ground-up company here. Got to get some feedback on that. Good use of the email. Yeah, so if you guys want to try, you know, our test runs of this hot sauce, give us uh, give us a donation on Patreon, and you'll be added to the list. You will receive it. It's true. So... Um, yeah, and also... Let's say, uh, you know, you eat the hot sauce, right? And hot sauce doesn't agree with you. You don't like hot food. You don't like spicy food. You can't handle it. Why did you do this, you son of a bitch? Right. Let's say you shit your pants. Yeah. Right? What? You're shitting in your pants right now. Next thing you know, shit in your pants. No. Like, you know? There's shit everywhere. You know? you know what you do? You throw out the shitty underwear that you're wearing right now. By and you yourself. buy some nooks. Some nooks. Get some OG nooks. And you're definitely... Not going to shit your pants because they'll make it so soft. It'll be amazing. So think about that. Yeah. I want you to think about that for a week. So, yeah, uh, Patreon, that'll be in the show notes. Uh, getnooks.com with the promo code CULT for 15% off. That'll C-U-L-T. also be in the notes. Yes, C-U-L-T. We love you all, and we will be back next week. We are starting a cult. Bye-bye. Even on a budget? Quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.